Welcome to There is a Method to the Madness. My name is Rob Maxwell. I'm an exercise physiologist and personal trainer. I'm the owner of Maxwell's Fitness Programs, and I've been in business since 1994. The purpose of the Method to the Madness is to give you the real deal on what the truth is in health and fitness and what all of the scams and simple BS is. Before I get to today's topic, which is the value of personal training, I'm going to explain all that. Let me thank Jonathan and Lynn Gilden of the Gilden Group at Realty Pros. They currently have over 280 five-star reviews on Zillow. They're consummate professionals and you want today's professionals because we don't want to be turning our home over to people who really just aren't as qualified as they should be. And man, I just believe that in every area. Are you really truly a professional at what you do? I don't care what you do, but have you really, really, really tried to have the most training and experience in your field? Well, that's what these guys do, and I appreciate it for sure. I'll be listening with them. They were reached at 386-451-2412. All right, so I've been working on this different part of a book, and it got me thinking about this and how I really, really want to talk about it. And, you know, it, it's something that... It, I feel kind of weird talking about it because it really just sounds like such a sales pitch, but it's not true. I mean, as I've said before, we are really busy. We are turning clients away simply because we want to make sure that we deliver the best service to the clients that we currently have. And there's only so many personal training clients you can really have. And I know that's true in uh any service industry to really stay on top of your game. There's only so much you can do. There's only so many hours in a day. There's only so much energy and there's only so many trainers I'm willing to bring in because quite frankly, I just don't think there are that many good ones. But having said that, and by the way, they are out there for sure. They are out there and I'm going to talk about that. But having said all that, I really want to talk about the value of it. Because as I said in this piece in this book that I'm working on, I'm talking about how one of the best things that you can do for your health and fitness is to hire a personal trainer. And the reason why this is part of the book is because the fitness thing, getting in shape, getting well, getting healthy, changing lifestyle, changing behaviors, all of that stuff. It's a complete psychological decision. I've talked about that in other podcasts and I've talked about that in our daily email where people know for the most part what they're supposed to do. I mean, they do. I mean, we do. Like no matter what it is in life, for the most part, we know the right thing to do. We know we shouldn't smoke cigarettes or vape cigarettes or whatever that is being done today. Like we know that's not exactly good for our health if we do that. And I don't, I'm just bringing it up as an example of there's many things like this, yet 
a lot of people still smoke. Now, I know that's a little bit different because that's nicotine and it's addictive and it's a little harder to quit than just, uh, you know, anything else. I get that, like any addiction, but it's still, for the most part, we know what healthy life choices are and sometimes we don't choose to do it. I've told this story before. If you've heard it before, then, you know, just speed through this part of the podcast, but I'm going to tell it again about how when I was an instructor teaching sports medicine, we would get to one of the nutrition chapters and I would talk about nutrition and I would talk about this exact thing that people know when they're putting bad substances in their mouth. They know that when they're drinking Coca-Cola or any other soda, that it's not good for them. They know eating Doritos is not good for them. They know eating candy isn't good for them. Like they know. And I'm not saying these things are inherently wrong. I'm just saying that they know it's not good for them. We know what is good and what isn't, but we still choose to do the latter sometimes anyway. So what I would do is a little experiment. And, uh, you know, I always told my students, I said, look, Go out into the hallway, into the break area, into the lunchroom, whatever, and find somebody drinking a soda, eating a bag of chips, whatever. You know, make sure it's a person that uh, doesn't look like they'll be sensitive about their weight or anything like that because we don't want to turn it into that because it's absolutely not that. And I don't want to embarrass anybody. I said, just your average looking student who might be drinking a regular Coca-Cola. So they would, and they bring somebody back in, and uh, the, the, the students wouldn't really know what I was getting at because it was a new core of kids. And I'd look at the person, and I'd say, look, this is not meant to embarrass you whatsoever. I just want to ask you a simple question. And I'd say, do you know that whatever you're drinking right there, that Dr. Pepper, that Mellow Yellow, they even make that anymore, that Coca-Cola is not good for you? And they would say, well, yeah, say, okay, that's it. You can leave now. But, and, and if they wanted to stay and, and listen, they could, but I would go on to explain that people know what's not good for them, but they do it anyway. So the knowledge isn't enough. And I hear that all the time. Cause I listen to other podcasts, read a lot of different books. I'm into this stuff. I'm into wellness and psychology and health and mental health, all that stuff. I read all that. I study all of that. And it's been said over and over. It's like knowledge is not enough. It's just not. So when it comes to fitness, one of the latest statistics I just saw in one of the medical journals, and I did want to cite it exactly, but now I forget which one it was, but it was one of the big ones. And it cited that only 40% which actually is maybe encouraging, but still 40% of Americans are only strength training the minimum of two days per week. Just 40%. That's it. Two in five. That's not overly fantastic. So do they not know that strength training is important for them? I mean, I doubt it. I don't know what number I'd put on that, but I would say 80 to 90% at least would say, No, I know I should really do that for my bones, for my joints, for my activities of daily living, for my tonicity, for body fat, whatever. They probably know they should. 
And nowadays, doctors are really doing a great job of talking about strength training to their patients. So most likely, their physician has told them to do it, yet they're not doing it. I've seen other statistics that say that only 7% of the country is on a sustainable exercise program of at least 150 minutes per week of, of weekly activity, which is what the American College of Sports Medicine recommends. I've seen all kinds of studies. Some are as low as 7%, some are as high as this 40% for strength training. And <clears throat> I'd have to look into the data further. It's possible that the strength training is a little bit higher than the cardio because just when I do my own data, when I talk to people, most people like strength training more. They feel like it's not as boring. Maybe there's less of a time commitment with it, but they also just seem to like it. It can be a little more social because they can go in and work out. They're not stuck on one piece of equipment. But in any event, the activity isn't happening, near, happening nearly at the rate that us professionals would want it to happen. I mean, I've said before that if everybody worked out to the amount that they should, to the best of their abilities, two to three days a week for strength training, five days a week for cardio, if not more, everybody would be happier, better, healthier, and the world would be better. I really, really believe that. I think so much unhappiness in individuals gets taken out on the rest of the world. You know, I don't think we're going to make world peace come out of it. But you know what? We would all be far more peaceful. So I just believe in health and wellness so much. Fitness, strength training, cardio, all of it. Hobbies, sports, so much. I wish people would do it. So here is my push. Personal training works. It just does. How do I know? Because I've been doing it for almost 30 years. And I know that once somebody starts to do what they already know they should do, but they're not doing it for whatever reason, they start to see the benefits and then they start to get better. They feel better and they want to stay up with it. When we do our own market analysis in my industry, the number one reason why people say they hire personal trainers is for accountability. That is number one, accountability. So why? Because not everybody is going to do what they know they should do. But when they know somebody is waiting for them to get there and they're waiting for them with their workout ready and all they have to do is show up and get there, they are far more likely to do it. So number one is accountability. After that, there's motivators such as drive. In other words, pushing somebody to do their very best. And I think, I do think that's important because we all need a little bit of a push. And so we can push somebody to work a little bit harder than they would have on their own. Another reason is education. Like they're not exactly sure on certain things that they should be doing. That's one of my favorite things to do as a trainer. Like, I like that. I like when people ask me questions like why it's beneficial to turn your feet a certain way or whatever it might be, whatever is on their mind, whatever they've read, whatever they've seen. I like when they come in or they bring me newspaper articles and they want me to give my opinion on it. 
So the education, I think, is an important piece to it. And, you know, there's a socialization effect. I mean, people like to talk to other people for the most part. I mean, humans are social beings. We know that, you know, even when we feel antisocial. I mean, sometimes I feel extremely introverted and don't want to talk to people outside of the gym. I mean, that's, that's, you know, again, all normals, but even introverts need socialization. So there's many reasons why people will hire a personal trainer, but number one is always accountability. And I think it's very important to understand that that isn't a weakness. That is a strength. One of our strengths, one of my strengths here is that we have, I have, we have longevity. I say I because like I was doing this long before there was a we, like I was doing this when I was my lone wolf and trained people different places. And then once I got an establishment, I started having people come in with me. So it's I and we, but I have a lot of longevity. I mean, I've had some clients that go back 25 years, almost when I started. I mean, it's crazy to me to think how long that is. I would have had no idea, of course, back then. And then I have people like, well, 10 years, and it seems like they're just babies. Like, it's like, well, it's only been 10 years. I mean, you know, I think that way because of the ones I've had that go back 20. And you know, they stay with it. Well, they only stay with it because it works, right? I mean, nobody's going to spend good money on something that doesn't work. And I'll get into why I think it works so well here in a second. But the point I want to make is like occasionally I'll have a conversation come up where they'll say, you know, I just really think I should be doing this on my own. I really think I should be able to. And I'm like, okay, but why? Like, why does that matter so much? Like, if it's not broke, don't fix it. Like, I, maybe it's a kind of like an ego thing, um, a shame thing, you know, I don't even know if shame's the right word, but it's like, they're, they're hard on themselves. Like, God, I, I, I shouldn't need you. And it's like, well, and one of the things I talk about in this part of the book I'm writing is like, it takes strength to ask for help. I mean, that's not a weakness. That's strength. It's the people that, unfortunately, and we see this more in the mental health area than in the physical health area, but like they don't want to ask for help because they're too prideful, but that's not strength. Unfortunately, that's a weakness and that can become a very deadly weakness. So like asking for professional guidance is not only strong, but it's the smart thing to do. I mean, there are areas that I hire out. I mean, should I say, well, I really should know how to teach myself how to play piano because I've been taking piano now for a little bit over a year. Maybe it's going on two years now. I mean, I wouldn't know where to begin. I mean, and it's, I mean, the accountability of knowing that I'm going to call in or Natalie, my instructor, is going to call in Thursday at 12 o'clock. It's like, man, I better be doing my homework in between because I'm going to feel like a real heel when I say I didn't work on that waltz or whatever. So like that's not a weakness. That's a strength because, you know, I reached uh, mid 50s and I'm like, I want to learn how to play an instrument. Like I want to learn how it's like 
my daughter's so musically talented. I'm like, and by the way, I'm not, but I want to learn how to play. And I really have loved it. And there is no way I would have been even where I'm at now without an instructor. When I was doing a lot of triathlons, I hired out to have a swim coach and I did that by attending master swim class. I mean, not only was the accountability of knowing they're going to be there at 6 a.m. ready to rock and roll, but it was the instruction. It was the homework given. It was all those good things. And I am not weak mentally whatsoever. I'm strong. I'll ask for help when I need it. I mean, it's an important thing to do. And I think it's a smart thing to do. It is a smart way to spend your money. So I always go back and say, it's like, well, that's kind of silly. I mean, again, as I've said, it's not about the business for me. It's like, it, it's not that. But if you like somebody, which, you know, I like most of my clients, you know, I mean, come on, we can't like everybody, right? But I mean, I like most of my clients, but it's like, if it's working, why would you stop? Because the fear is they're just not going to do it. And so often they don't like that desire of, I should be able to do this on my own. I know what I'm doing. I don't know how many times I've had clients say that. I know what I'm doing. It's like, yeah, you do. There is no question about it. We've been doing this so long that like you could walk in here and do what we're going to do. But they go, but I won't. Okay. Well, then it's strong to show up, not to not show up. Like if it is working, it's working. And I just wish like more people would do that. There is a lot of gym anxiety out there, you know, and I didn't realize it was as big as it is until social media came around and, uh, you know, social media has even changed in the last five years because now there's all these different platforms. There was just Facebook for the longest time. You know, now there's a ton. And if I spend any time on it, which, you know, I want to put needles in my eyes after a while after being on there. So it's like I try not to spend too much time on there. But I do try to follow fitness groups and fitness people and stuff like that because I like to see what's going on. And in some of the groups I belong to, there's talk about a lot of gym anxiety. Like a lot of people don't want to go into the gyms because they feel intimidated. They feel like, you know, other people know more. People stare. They're creepers. You know, there's all these things. And whether they're right or wrong, I don't know. I'm sure there's all of those things. And I'm sure people stare. And I'm sure there's creepers. I mean, I'm, I'm sure that these things happen. But the point is, is that there's a lot of gym anxiety. So... One way around that is to get a good trainer that gets you in a gym and gets acclimated to things because there's a way that if you really, really start to learn what you're doing, you're going to do it. Now, there's such a thing called self-efficacy, and that means confidence leads to the confidence and confidence leads to the confidence. So if you go in and get taught what you're supposed to do, the chances are that you're going to feel more comfortable doing it. And as I said, it becomes accountability at that point. And you may just want to keep that accountability partner, which is your personal trainer. But the point is, at least it gives you a chance to get over some of that gym anxiety. And I can't stress enough how the simple reason is it works. Because when you get in a good personal training situation, and it's a situation, meaning that not every trainer is for every person. 
I mean, when I'm here at the gym, you know, I'm like, you know, I think Ellen would be better with this person, or I think I'll be better with this person, or, you know, Angelica could be better with this person or whatever. Like there's different fits for different fits. Absolutely. There's no question about that. So it does mean that you're going to have to find the right person and that they should have the correct qualifications. Absolutely. I absolutely believe in one of the four accredited certifications of American College of Sports Medicine, NSCA, NASM, or ACE. Like they should have that. I also believe in education goes along with it. And I believe in experience. That's not the point of this podcast though. But having that, there also should be a connection. Like it should work. It should be a win-win between you and that person. But if you have that, I would stick with it because it works. If you get with a good trainer, what happens is, as I've talked about all week, there's a good assessment process. There's goal setting. They keep you on track. You get on the plane you're supposed to be on. And then you reach the accountability phase where they're going to help you. I don't want to say make you show up, but your appointment makes you show up and you pay for it if you don't. That is accountability and you know that. And then you're doing it. And then the next thing you know, you're in that 40%, right? Which should be higher, but you're in that 40% of getting in to strength training at least two days a week. You're in that, right? And you might think, well, so what? Well, that's a big deal because now you are in that group that is reaping all of these benefits because there's so many benefits from it. And then you don't want to look back and go, well, I should do this on my own. It's like, who cares? Like you're doing it. And I mean, unless you're like flat out broke and can't do it anymore, that's one thing. But to sit, and then you would hope that you would then at that point have been trained enough to know what you're doing. And I always do that with my clients. Like I want to train my clients to not need me because I believe in the education. I like the education part of it. They stick with it because they like the accountability and it works. Like they don't have to think about this part of their life. They know how valuable it is because they've seen it. They believe it. They do it. They've done it. And they say, I don't want to think about this part of my life. Like I have my own job to do. I think about my job. The last thing I want to worry about is how am I going to get in my workouts? And when I get there, what am I going to do? I like the fact that I know I have to come Monday and Thursday. You're going to be there. You've got my plan out and you're going to push me to do the best that I can. And then you tell me my homework and I can go think about my job, my kids, my whatever. You know, that's what the successful people tell me. And what is wrong with that? If you already have a lot on your plate, why do you have to do that when you don't have to do that? Again, I get it with finances sometimes. I mean, that's been one of my things through the years. Almost 30 years in, I'm like, man, I wish more people can afford it because so many people need it. So many people really do because they're not going to do it without us. They're just not. It's not going to happen. People aren't going to do it. My experience says they're not going to do it consistently. But a lot of people can't afford it. And it's like, God, what can I do to do that? I don't know. I'm still trying to think of different things to to do that, you know, to figure that out. And I'm being dead serious about this because I do think more and more people need it. 
But what can I do about that aspect? That's a toughie for me right there. So I want you to understand that, see the value. If you have friends that are struggling, you know, say, hey, go out and get yourself a good credentialed certified personal trainer because it's really helped me. If it has, and if you're listening to this, most likely you've had some training because most of the people that listen to this are my clients and friends and, and all that. So I think you know it works, but you know, again, this is not a simple plug as you know. It's just really something I've been thinking about with working on the book and I wish everybody would do it. All right. Speaking of that, so the Hawks own overhead door of Daytona Beach, Jeff and Zach Hawk, and they've been clients for a long time. So Jeff Hawk, Daddy Hawk, started with me back in the 90s, which is, I bring up this story now because now his son, Zach, who wasn't even born yet, is working out with us, which is really, really cool, right? I mean, it's like I trained this guy way, way back, and we kind of like, I don't know, he disappeared for a bit. I mean, life goes on, but he comes back because he knows he needs it. He knows he needs the accountability. And now his son is working out with us. And it's, uh, they're two awesome people. And they have the best garage door company in the state of Florida. Overhead Door has been around for hundreds of years. Hundreds. 100 years. I meant to say, see, it's late in the day. I need my coffee. They've been in business for 100 years. And we're lucky to have a nice local branch here in Daytona. If you need any help with garage door services or doors themselves, please check them out at overheaddoordaytona.com.